0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the Creative Curious. I'm your host, Sophia. I'm very pleased to have Najat here with me. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast.
1: Uh, so I'm going to talk about the Wednesday through case study. just in case there was someone namely Handel and error, was something namely the Oratory Messiah and that someone composed that something. So the proposition in question is true. Now the weirder the proposition Alexander the Great slew the Minotaur. Because the Minotaur is a mythological beast that is one that never looted the real Alexander. Who did exist cannot have slain it so alexander the great slough the miniature is either false as some philosophers would have it or neither true nor false as others would have it but cannot be true because there was no not miniature for alexander to weigh this is the proposition botticelli's birth of venus depicts the birth of iflus true false or neither true nor false If if we assume that their fever was such an event as the actual birth of Venus, as we safely can, then this proposition would appear to be analogous to Alexander's Minotaur, But this proposition is true. Botticelli's Birth of Venus done depict the birth of Venus. In what ways are the propositions Alexander's Minotaur and Botticelli's Birth of Venus depicts the birth of Venus alike? To the only difference that one of them is about an artwork and the other is not. If so, why should that matter?
0: Alright, thank you for introducing our topic. Now, it was definitely a lot to hear and a lot to unpack, but we're going to go through it step by step, and by the end of the podcast, you're going to understand it a lot better. So, the first thing that we discussed was the proposition that Handel composed the Oratorio Messiah. Now, if you're like me, when you first read this, this is very confusing. So just to break it down a little bit, the Messiah was an English language oratorio composed by George Frederick Handel in 1741. It quickly became known as one of the best known and most frequently performed choral works in Western music. It was described by art historian Richard Luckett as a commentary of Christ's nativity, passion, resurrection, and ascension. It began with God's promises spoken by the prophet and ended with Christ's glorification in hell. It was caused outrage and was thought of as, bla- as blasphemous at first, much like Botticelli's p- depiction of the birth of Venus. Uh,
1: now, for the second proposition, it says that Alexander the Great slew so the Minotaur. So, Alexander the Great slew so the Minotaur, uh, Minotaur. was a half-man, half bull, who lived in Daedalus' labyrinth who required uh, the sacrifice of Asian boys and girls in order to be sated and also um, the military was killed by Caesius. So who was uh, Alexander the Great? Alexander the Great also known as Alexander Third of Macedon, uh, Alexander the Great conducted lengthy military campaigns throughout the Western Asia and also the northeast eastern Africa. Uh, Alexander the Great created one of the largest empires in the world and also it uh, helped him to build his legacy of cultural diffusion and syncretism. So what means syncretism? Syncretism is the amalgamation or attempted amalgamation of different religions, cultures or schools of thought. Uh, Furthermore, Alexander the Great became as legendary as a classical hero throughout the history.
0: Yes, and this is actually very interesting because it pertains to the idea that Alexander the Great slew so the Minotaur. Of course, this proposition, this statement, is not true as Alexander the Great, who's a real person, did not exist in the same universe as the Minotaur who was born out of Greek mythology. But it certainly lends some idea to the fact that Alexander became legendary as a classic hero, often compared to the great hero of Greek mythology, Achilles. Achilles was thought to have a single weakness, his heel, and that became his downfall. Alexander was also thought to have little weaknesses as he was largely undefeated throughout his whole military campaign. Now, we've talked a lot about Alexander, but now it's time to talk about the Minotaur and what he means. The Minotaur was born out of arrogance in an attempt to show mortals their place in the world. A king prayed to Poseidon for a great bowl that he would sacrifice to Poseidon in order to show his gratitude for what the king had done for him. However, once the king received the bull, he became so entranced by its beauty and its majesty that he wanted to keep it for himself, thinking that as a king he deserved it. So, he sacrificed a normal, mortal bull to Poseidon. Poseidon became enraged by this and thought it necessary to show this king his place compared to the gods. Now, in order to do this, he cursed the king's wife to have sexual desire for the bull. So, the queen commissioned a wooden bull to be built in order to procreate with the bull given by Poseidon inside the wooden bull. Now, when this happened, this produced the Minotaur. He is a symbol of power, but he was used as a tool of death, torture, and f- fear. He was never shown love or basic human anything. His only sacrifices were the Athenian seven Athenian boys and girls that he had to kill to live, as the sacrifices were his only food source. After being killed, his head was a spoil of war, a symbol of power for the one who vanquished him.
1: Uh, is the proposition Balotel, uh, Botticelli's Burst of Venus depicts the Burst of Ifloids true, false or neither true nor false? If we assume that their fever was such an event as the actual Burst of Venus as we safely can, then this proposition would appear to be analogous to Alexander the Minotaur. But this proposition is true. Botticelli's Burst of Venus done depict the Burst of Venus. In what ways are the propositions Alexander's Minotaur and Botticelli's Birth of Venus depicts the Birth of Venus alike? The only difference that one of them is about an artwork and the other is not. If so, why should that matter? So when we go to the Botticelli's Birth of Venus, who is Botticelli? Alessandro di Mariana di Wani Filippi, also known as Sandro Botticelli, is an Italian. was an Italian painter of the early Renaissance. So uh, Sandra Botticelli also depicts the goddess uh, Venus arriving at the shore after her birth, which takes place in an imagination as seen from the weight and value in the painting. Too much of her weight is placed on on her left foot, elongated neck and torso, impossible body proportions painted with sacred realm in mind. Also, Venus has become, this picture has become an icon and heavily in pop culture now. Plato, also known as the great philosopher, thought of Venus as having two aspects. Earthly, a goddess arising physical love, or a heavenly goddess who inspires intellectual love.
0: Yeah. So, because the goddess Venus arriving after her birth on the shore has become such an iconic image, it is heavily used in pop culture, it's been used on magazines, billboards, used for a number of things. There has been a large number of theories developed about the painting as a result of this. My personal favorite was brought forth by art historian Charles Mack. Botticelli was thought of a born-again Apollese of Cos, a renowned painter in ancient Greece, who painted both Alexander the Great as well as Aphrodite riding from, rising from the sea. Because Botticelli was thought to make his own interpretation of Venus's birth based on Aphrodite rising from the sea, he did this in order to depict the, virtu- the virtues of Li- Lorenzo de Medici, the most powerful and enthusiastic patron of the Renaissance. The Medici family was actually thought to have commissioned this painting. Now. The theory goes that the mistress of Alexander the Great, Pincapsi, was actually used as the living model for Simonetta Vespucci, who is greatly admired by Lorenzo. Lorenzo will then, through the painting, assume the role of Alexander the Great.
1: So who was Venus? Uh, Venus was a Roman goddess of love, beauty, desire, sex, fertility, prosperity, and victory. Venus sometimes referred to as Mari, meaning mother or sea goddess. Also, (coughs) Venus was born in adult form as a result of the severe genitals of Uranus being thrown into the sea foam.
0: All right, and just to expand a little bit on that, so Kronos cut off the genitals of Uranus and he threw them into the sea foam and through that Venus was born. Now she is being guided to the shore by the wind spirits. But there's a lot more to this painting that meets the eye. Over time, Venus was come to refer to any artistic depiction in the post-classical art of a nude woman. This is because at the time that this painting was made, the only proper nude depictions that could be made were of Eve in the Garden of Eden. Venus, in this painting, embodies rebirth, New Hope, the shift to the Renaissance, and the shift away from the Dark and Middle Ages that were filled with war. Now, this painting was especially interesting because it was released on a canvas with tempura paint. This was very unusual for the time, it was considered that Botticelli was making a statement. Most painting was done on wood paneling as it was thought of as more formal, but canvas was cheaper. Venus was believed to be essential to balance, that beauty equals truth. This, uh, this sentiment was often expressed by the philosopher Plato that we mentioned earlier. He believed that true form, true beauty, could only be achieved by true enlightenment. I want to thank you for joining us so much, Njat. I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Remember to subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.